Good evening, everybody. This is Matt DeMarinas, um, joined by Alex Sindelar. Both of us from White and Blue Review this time around. Um, coming to you live from TD Ameritrade Park, where uh, Creighton has clinched their series um, over Cal with a 4-2 to win. Uh, last night they won 6-4, to four, yes. right? Yeah. Correct. Um, but really none of it matters <laughs> because... <laughs> Uh, Butler beat St. John's. They split the doubleheader today, and Georgetown uh, doesn't like to play in water. Cowards! <laughs> doesn't like to play in water, so uh, there's going to be no chance for Creighton to make up any ground in the Big East standings, and they will be, or they are, eliminated from contention for the Big East tournament, thus this final weekend series being their end of their season. Whether they play tomorrow or not... Um, on Saturday, weather pending, it looks like it's unlikely that they play. So we're just going to record this for you now and kind of give you a recap of what went down, um, why it went down, and kind of put a bow on this baseball season for you. Because uh, frankly, whatever happens tomorrow, if they play or not, it doesn't matter anymore. Um, so I guess Alex, first of all, your your initial—I guess they aren't your initial thoughts anymore. You've had quite a few thoughts publicly uh, since Butler won, but I guess. Um, how are you processing the way this went down uh, for the Jays and kind of how their season that is going to look really good on paper when it's done didn't have an opportunity to play any postseason games of any kind? Yeah, um, I mean, it's something. It's something. I mean... Coming into the season, we had no idea. I mean, we had I, I, mean, I honestly I'll say, I, had, I say low expectations. I had I had none. They won ten more games than I was giving them. Easily. I mean, this team is is made up of players just kind of tossed in, and you didn't really know what they were made of. You didn't know really what Jack Strunz was made of. You mm-hmm. didn't really know, you know, if yeah, you know, what was going to happen in left field. I mean, they tried out three different players and Nick Ortega occasionally in late innings. I mean, it was mm-hmm. it was a mishmash of a team, especially with the bullpen and especially with the starting rotation. I had no expectations coming into the season. And so it is, it's different from other years because there are expectations that carry over from year to year and so on. Right. You know, you get the expectations of like last year. You know, I mean, you have undoubtedly one of the best starting rotations that Crane's had. Yeah. You know, in a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they go... I mean, it was like a sandwich. It was like a... Yeah, but... It was like a shit sandwich, but the bread was the the the, per- the turds. Because, like, right. it started bad. In the middle, it was really good. And then it ended horribly. This Correct. year was totally the opposite. It was totally different. Totally the opposite. Where all of a sudden, you got these guys and they figured out how to fucking play baseball. Like, they, it just... I mean, it, was, it wasn't like an overnight thing. But it was it was amazing to watch because... You watch baseball, you watch Major League Baseball, and you can see a team transform over 162 games. And just be, just in case people think like you're being hyperbolic right now, and they're like, "Well, they didn't even win. They didn't even go 500 in Big East play. Like, how good can they possibly be? They went 20 right now. Whether yeah. they play tomorrow or not, like just throw it out of your mind. They have a 26 and six record in non-conference. In- they swept the state of Nebraska, not just Nebraska. They went 3 and 0 against the Huskers, 3 and 0 against the Mavericks, 6 and 0 against the entire state. Uh first time they've ever done that. 11 and 0 in midweek games. When has that ever been a strength of Creighton's season? Like when you're usually look at the midweek games and go, "Man, if they had an extra arm that could have like 
won the Nebraska series, how much of a difference would it make? They yeah. split with Wichita State. They split they with won a, really, two, a really good, really Wichita good Wichita State, State team. Yeah. Won two out of three at Minnesota, who's probably going to be a top 16 team and a host. Yes. They, they won that series there. They're the Big Ten champions. Yeah. And this and, and so, like, you're not being hyperbolic when you say that this team – is good or how they, they no, how they came so together and learned how to let play. Me, let me finish. They the were really bit. good. Let There's me, just like a, but, there were stumbling blocks. But like I said, so we had. I mean, I had zero expectations. I don't know what ex- you had. Low expectations. I had no expectations. Like twenty five wins. I thought. Like I came into this baseball season after you know the shit show that the basketball season was and how it ended, <laughs> and so you go from that kind of a low point and you're like, thank God we have baseball though. But it's like a complete mystery of how this team was going to play because none of the games were on television. All you could, all I could do was follow it on stat broadcast, the games. And so I was watching, you know, I just watched the stats and I'm like, this team's pretty good. Like this team is actually hitting the ball, hitting the cover off the ball. And it's like, well, the offense is there. And maybe that's just enough to shore up the weekend arms. Like while it comes together, you mean? And then it all came together right at the end, mm-hmm. where the weekend arms were, I mean, against Villanova, they were dominant. Yeah. They absolutely destroyed and eviscerated that Villanova team. And I don't even think they pitched that poorly the, against Seton Hall either. So, I mean, like, the last ta- two or three weeks. Tappanese's 12 yeah. Ks, and then Reagan's 11 Ks, yeah. and then, I, I mean, Preston Church was solid on yeah. Sunday. I mean, and then the offense was there enough to carry them through that series. Mm-hmm. I mean, because Villanova just got their first win in conference today against Xavier. Good old Hayden Field. Oh, my God, what a fucking joke. <laughs> a travesty towards baseball and college baseball as a we whole. We could do a whole podcast on Hayden Field. We really should. I mean, we have a long offseason. We and yeah. there's going to be some rain delays at College World Series where we're going to be like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Let's talk about Hayden Field. We can get other college baseball guys to come in and talk about Hayden Field right. with us. Anyways. Yeah, say that thought. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and so to see this team kind of transform, they've won eight straight games now. I mean, they're hot. And so if it, it just it, it kind of crawls into your skin knowing that this is the first time since I started covering Creighton baseball where they got really, really hot in May mm-hmm. to end the year. Yeah. And yet they're not even going to make the tournament because, I mean... The conference tournament. The conference tournament. Yeah. I mean, they might... Who knows what's going to happen? Maybe they make the NCAA tournament. Could you imagine? I just don't see it. Like I was, I was looking not. at it today because I was like, Butler's going to win. I, well, I know it's going to happen. It's, well, college baseball puts a lot of stock in RPI, too. Yeah. And so they select a lot based on RPI. And Creighton's yeah. sitting at like 61, 62 right now. Yeah. And it feels 64 where you have that many automatic qualifiers. There's no the thing way. That, the, thing that, the thing that I think disqualifies them is they were sub-500 in conference play. And Correct. That's, that's, that's a big no-no. But they kick the shit out of everybody I else. understand. But North Carolina had like an RPI of like five. Yeah, two years ago, and they were under they were under five hundred in ACC by a game, and they got left out. Right. Yeah. So, so like, there's, there's no if that shot. team's getting bound, left <laughs> yeah. out, Creighton is not getting in. Like, so I don't know. I mean, it was just it was it was the roller coaster ride of it, they, they, like that Butler series was kind of pivotal because they they had to go to Edwardsville. There's so many games we can point to as pivotal. I know. I, that's what I was, I was. You know what? Let's actually like talk about that because. But they didn't play that third game. Right. But which game? Butler. Which game? When you're looking back at the 17 conference games that they played, and obviously they only missed the conference tournament by a game. So Georgetown. The Georgetown series is what you're looking at. Oh, big time. Which one? Which game sticks out to you the most? Um, God. I mean, the Saturday night lefty. Their lefty was good on Saturday night. You kind of have to give him credit. Yeah, I don't but think Sunday the, yeah, the, the offense Sunday, completely yeah. not showing up, right. and they just get rocked. That's a good one. Yeah, um, the the Sunday game against St. John's where they blew the lead three nothing in, going to the ninth. Yeah, and they blow it. 
but they didn't have Bobby Camino. I mean, that's the other thing, yeah. too, is that there were so many pieces that they could have had. And now, all of a sudden, they have you know Evan Spry, who might be one of the best bats on the team that we didn't know about. And perhaps, <laughs> that, was, pretty good. perhaps that was just Gandasi kind of locking him in. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in this treasure chest, only to break him out. You know, when <laughs> Funny it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> I guess against Villanova, he had some key hits, but yeah. still, it's. I mean, what a weird season. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, no expectations. They f- they fucking kick the shit out of everybody else in non-conference, and then they fall flat in conference play, which is so unlike them. Like it's so unlike it services teams in the past. Their history, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, where usually it's it's kind of the opposite. I mean, you look back to last year; they were that was a bad <laughs> baseball team. Yeah, they won a Big East title. Exactly. Like hang a banner. That team hung a banner. Like but that they, doesn't make sense. But they hung that banner in a really lucky way. They did. So maybe this is kind of a karmic balance to it. Man, this one feels like it. It's this one feels like it was overdone. Yeah, because this team is really good. I, mm-hmm. Ed Service mentioned it in the post game tonight that. There's no doubt that this team is a top 64 team. And I haven't heard anybody say that, and I don't disagree with it. No. Like, I think they're clearly one of the top 64 teams. Well, in the and the country. RPI agrees with it, too. The RPI does agree with it, but, you know, sometimes that's, like, wonky. You know, sometimes teams are, like, in the 80s, and they're really good for some reason. Like, True. Um, but, no, I agree with him. I think this team, especially the way they're playing right now, I mean, all the pieces have come together. I don't – as as far to say, like, the team that I've seen the last two weeks, I felt like had they snuck into the Big East tournament – they would have I would have made them the favorites. Like they wouldn't yes. have been the favorites seed wise and uh, results based on results um, throughout the season. But I would have like said that's the team nobody in this league wants to face right now because they they're locked in and they're hot. And when a baseball team gets hot in postseason play, you do not shut that off. No, like that's what Xavier's mojo. Look at their yep. history of them getting into the, into the regionals. Um, you look at Coastal Carolina. You look at all the teams that have made runs. Like. You don't shut off a hot team in this sport. When they get rolling, when they figure it out, when it clicks, you know what I mean? It just it goes until the tank is empty. So that's why, you know, you're watching them at the end of the season, you're like and then you start thinking back to like the home series against Georgetown, the home series against Seton Hall, the game three against St. John's, the Butler series that they had to go to Edwardsville when the weather wasn't that bad in Omaha and they probably could have played that series in Omaha, like But they yeah, it's, all those things yeah. and you're like, man, there is so much if they don't get in, there is going to be so much to look back on and go. I don't think I've ever seen a season in any sport with this many what ifs. I know. With that, it's crazy I to mean, look back and count them all. Well, other than, I mean, Mo Watson going down. That's Obviously, one what that's if. One. That's one. They they had plenty of time to like, True. in theory, recover from that, and they somewhat did. They got to the, into a tournament still, like. That's one what if. I know, but it's every conference. This one series. was like this well, one's I mean, like even you look at that that Seton Hall series yeah, as well. But they would they but, but you look at their midweek record and you're like, Okay, they played like crap on the weekend, they didn't hit, and then the bats come alive in the midweek and then they go to sleep again in the weekend. Like they went the went eleven no in the midweek. Right. And then they sandwiched that around disappointing conference results, like you know, performances. It, that it, that doesn't make sense. There are so many like you would trade all those midweek performances. Oh, all of them now. Like that conversation is over because I hear it year after year when Creighton is in the upper half of the Big East, like contending for the title in the top two seeds. I don't think have they ever finished third. They've been in the top two every year, haven't they? Yes. Okay. So I hear that year after year where it's like, yeah, okay, they finished top two in the Big East. The Big East sucks. Let's get these midweek games figured out. 
I've heard that every year. I know. And now they went undefeated they in un. They did not lose a midweek <laughs> yeah. game, people. I'm not even joking. That's not hyperbole. That's not a joke. Like they went a goose egg in the loss column in midweek, and they're not even going to play a single postseason game. Big East tournament, NCAA regionals is over. So that conversation about how important midweek so you games got are, what you want. done. Rain all those suckers out next year. They do not matter. Yeah, you they're, got, they're, you got they're, what you fucking want. They're done. You got you got 11-0 midweek, and it, and the season's over before. May 20th, for the first time in, you know, when? Uh-huh. When was the last time they ended this, this is soon? Well, I, Ed, Ed's never missed a conference tournament. Right. Yeah, this, I mean, this, when did he get hired? Like 2000... Uh, 1975, 1976? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where the season's going to be... Creighton didn't do enough of what it needed to do and did too much of what didn't matter. It's weird to say that because... Um, you know, you feel like every day is important. Every game is part of the resume. You know what I mean? Right. But in the grand scheme of things, they could have, they literally could have gone winless in non-conference play because it, it it didn't end up having enough meat to it. They went twenty six and six. Right. Plus, you can't. How much better could you possibly be in non-conference play? They don't have a shot. You can't. They 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 don't have no. a shot to get it in the regionals. So like that's over with. Like, it's, it's got to be all eggs in the basket for Big East play. The players coming back next year have to treat it that way. Yeah. Um, there has to be sense of urgency from the start. I think that's probably what's going to kick them the most. And I think having the Butler series up in the air and having it be, well, are we going to play it or not? And then find out they are going to play it, but they have to travel six hours to do it. Um, you know, that probably got them off on a, on, a, on a bad footing. And they had to go to St. John's. It was really good. Right. Like, losing two out of three to St. John's wasn't a bad thing, which is essentially – what they did, and then they collapsed in the ninth inning when they had a chance to salvage a game. Right. So, so like that, that put them what one in four. Yeah. That's a really hard thing to overcome when you're playing only eighteen games at most, and are you already have one banged. I just want to go back to to that Butler thing. I don't know if I've I've told you that story of how that all kind of came together. We know this. Yeah. Well, because I was there. Because like, uh, they. I mean, we did interviews. I think. Uh, yeah, oh. Okay. Thor was there. Uh, I mean, it was just media like scrum, right? it, was, it was a media scrum interview. Mm-hmm. And and so I'm I'm sitting there with with Glenn Sisk, the SID for baseball, and Ed Service, and and Ed was talking about how he's like, yeah, we're we're making as many, and it's three o'clock, you know, and I think it's on Wednesday on Wednesday. Yep. And he's like, it's three o'clock on Wednesday, and it, you know, Ed was talking about how he's been making calls all day. He was making calls all night and the night before, right. trying to get a a venue in order to play these games. Like he was busting his ass in yep. order to to try to get those in. And so, you know, I was talking to Glenn after, you know, coach left and we were just kind of sitting there and I'm like, you know, so, I mean, do you have a spot in mind? Glenn's like, yeah, Edwardsville, but we have to get Butler to agree. And so we we were kind of just sitting there and he's like, if I don't get a phone call in like an hour and a half, then we're not going. I mean, we kind of have the bus lined up, but if we're, if we're not on the road in an hour and a half, then this isn't happening. Mm -hmm. And then sure enough, an hour and a half later. And Glenn calls me, and he's like, we're going to Edwardsville. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you guys are actually doing this. But it was the fact that Butler only drove three hours. Yep. Which shows reluctance from Butler. Maybe that was just out of the weather pattern. I don't know. Maybe that was just the one place that was kind of in between where they could settle on. Mm -hmm. But it clearly favored Butler. It was clearly a site where Butler was like, well, it needs to be closer for us. 
And I think they, I think I heard they took SUVs down. They didn't even take a bus. Really? They loaded up these SUVs <laughs> and like like the school buses, like the school vans or whatever. And they just, just loaded those up, yeah. went down to Edwardsville, and, and caravan that thing down. Yeah, I mean Creighton took a charter bus out there. Right. And and the fact that they they got two games in, it's like holy shit. I mean that was you actually had to put it, work into that. Honestly, getting those two games in felt like. I mean, just when you're assessing it, you're like, okay, they split them, but they got those two games in. That's pretty big. Right. But you have to, as opposed to banging three and right. playing two, that's huge. But you know what banging I mean? three games in the, in the Big East Conference, that's yeah. a death knell. Yes. You're doomed. Yes, yes. Because those were games you can't get back. No. And so, I mean, the, you asked Ed about that tonight. It's like, what changes do you make? Right. I mean, to the Big East. And, and Ed was talking about you have to play – more games which in which which goes into what we just said about like if you play more conference games you play less non-con games but we've now established that's <laughs> there's, fine there's some weight that's, to yes, that <laughs> there's we know that's totally okay to do that like yeah you know UNO's in the 280s that doesn't maybe you don't need to play them three times yeah and so like it, it, South Dakota it, State's in the 280s maybe you don't need to play them three times like right there are games you can get get off your schedule um and certainly butlers and uh, well, I mean, Xavier plays tough, but they can knock like Northern Kentucky out of there and not to worry about that. Cincinnati, they don't have to play Cincinnati. Like I know it's a rivalry and all that, but like that does nothing for your schedule compared to what not playing Big East well, games does I, to your. I, I think regional rivalries you still keep in there. I understand, but if you're yeah. gonna, but 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 if this, these but are the games that determine your postseason, way more important, way more important. Yeah, absolutely. So agree. they have to be a priority. Period. Yes. So whatever you have to bang in order to get these games in needs to happen, and you have to play more of these. Right. So I think he's spot on. Because when you're when you're talking about 18 at the max, and then you're all a northern region league, you're not likely to get all 18 in. Yeah. And when you can't make any of them up because you've loaded your schedule up and there's no makeup dates, you're in you're in a tough situation. Yeah. You know what I mean. And so and so when look how many games how many teams didn't play 18 this year? Creighton did not play 18. Nope. Georgetown isn't going to get close. No, Seton, Seton Hall. Hall. Nope. Butler. Yeah. Uh, so the teams that played 18 games were Xavier, Villanova, and St. John's. Three, Three teams. teams. There are more teams. And two of play. them, and Villanova only won one of those. So, like, <laughs> there's where might as well just been, you could have scratched all of those games. <laughs> right. Like, those the ones didn't matter at all. Like, yeah, Villanova. It, Xavier and Villanova finished bottom of the league. St. John's won it. But those are the only two, the only, the only three teams that played 18 games. Right. And Five so, teams got games knocked off their schedule. And so what Ed said tonight is that when he he, he offered that as, as kind of a resolution in order to make up for these, these rainouts because they're gonna they're gonna happen it's mm-hmm. just you know what baseball in northern states <coughs> deal with right the, the pushback that he got what was it again i don't think i don't i don't remember yeah there, there was there was a, a primary pushback that he got from from other coaches that said you know what if what if the teams that you have to play again the, the second time through oh what if they're having unbalanced a, schedules what if they're having okay. a bad year and it's like holy fuck that's your <laughs> conference you're talking about Oh, you're having a bad year. The thing is, oh my god, no. But the thing is, <laughs> in the Big East. But when you look at teams that don't come from even, I mean, it's it's all about numbers. You know what I mean? Right. The Big East is a seven league team. Yes. Seven league conference. So unless UConn comes flying in here, oh my god, you know, that'd be sweet. It needs to happen. Ooh. That like you know you know what the like the Big East needs UConn badly in is baseball. That's it. 
fuck that is basketball. the only sport that matters for you. Fuck like, women's it. basketball. Fuck men's basketball. Fuck every other sport but baseball because they need another top tier team. They do. That would make three top tier yeah. teams. Yeah. That would make Creighton, St. John's, and UConn. And then your Seton Hall and Xavier as your second tier wouldn't be that bad anymore. Like right, you would have to carry the load with those teams. Yeah, because I so mean, like so anyway. But the, but your point is yeah, like the unbalanced schedules. That's, that happens well, hold on, hold on, everywhere. It happens yes. at the major league level. It happens in in it happens in power conference baseball. Like to hang your hat on balance of your schedule when you only have seven teams and five of them don't care about baseball in the first place. Yes, that's what do you what do you what are you hanging your hat on? There's nothing. You're essentially saying this this, this sport doesn't. I mean, I, I understand it probably doesn't matter from revenue perspective, but you're you can't tell us that. You know, you can't ma- you you can't make it that obvious that the sport doesn't matter. Right. But when you have seven teams and you don't make an effort to have at least you know twenty games between them, an ability to to properly field a conference a tournament. Team. And the other suggestion you made was, well, then have six teams in the conference tournament. Then. Correct. Right. So then so you're just essentially playing for the one loser. Who, frankly, it's Villanova. This year it was pretty <laughs> obvious, yeah. right? Because like you have six teams who are. Around 500 or better, yes. And you have one team who's significantly not com- competitive. That could have been a good, a solid field. And so then maybe you just go to Villanova and you say, "Drop baseball, quit paying money for this, and then just have six teams," or try to convince some other school in the Big East to add baseball. Yeah, a DePaul, Marquette, Marquette. There's no baseball in Wisconsin. There's no None. D1 baseball not even in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Plays. Yeah, yeah, no, no zero. But Marquette has a lot of sports. So that's I understand that's tough, and yeah, because and Villanova does too, which is why like I but, understand the cost of having to field those teams would be difficult. But the weird thing is, is that DePaul has there's no easy softball. There's, DePaul has softball, but no baseball, right? Which is weird, especially in their area. It's a bet and ball sport, but you don't go both ways on it. Yeah, that's just sinful. <laughs> I, I agree. I, there are like it is a tough situation. But, but I think there are solutions within the seven but here's that aren't what, being looked at first. Here's what really fucks me up. And, and I think there are people out there that... This is, go, this is going to be a, like a crazy rant-heavy podcast, by the way. Big time. We're not really talking specifics. We're just like going from subject to subject. And thank you for describing what's going on in this podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying Halfway we're 20 minutes in, and I don't even think we've been organized it's with this. okay. It's from one rant to the next. It, sometimes this is how podcasts work, <laughs> and it makes it entertaining. That's fine. Know. That's fine. But... There's no organization to this one. What really fucks me up is that people think that the Big East forced Creighton and Butler to play that series in Edwardsville. When really? that's not the case, yeah. I mean, I got, I got a guy in my mentions today saying, like, well, the Big East made Butler and Creighton. I'm like, no, that's not the case at all. Creighton made that happen. Yeah, because that they didn't want to lose, they didn't want to lose and, three games on their and schedule. Glenn Sisk, yeah. Exactly. They saw the weight and the importance in that. Yeah. And they were like, we need to get these games in. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they had that sense of urgency in order to do that and the wherewithal and the foresight to do it mm-hmm. and the fact that fucking Georgetown since I mean yeah, you're, a really, week, you're really mad about this since a week ago they know they were going to get over an inch of rain mm-hmm. over three inches of rain throughout the entire weekend you, I saw it in the forecast yeah, and it's we happening we knew it was happening yes yeah. I looked on Monday I looked on Tuesday I looked on Wednesday it was the same goddamn forecast and I'm like you're not in school anymore you've already graduated you right. don't have to worry about classes right Travel. 
Go somewhere. There's got to be some money in the in the Patrick Ewing budget find, find, somewhere. Find a dome somewhere. Yeah. Just find an artificial field and bang some games out. I don't care what you have to do. You're losing three conference games when there's something on the line. But for Georgetown, though, it helps yeah. big time. But it's for Georgetown. They didn't have to make a single solitary it, effort to play that a single so, game this weekend. It's so fucking Georgetown with their goddamn cards Whoa. that show the the. the Pitcher's signs. I mean, from that... That was pretty bad. It's ticky-tack bullshit, and that's Bush League. Everything that Georgetown Big has East done... Big Baseball is what it is. But it's like it's worse than Big East Baseball. It's Bush League bullshit. And that's not the, the Catholic Jesuit way. <laughs> that's not fair competition. And they no. fucking ducked out, and they their, their cowardice is showing. Wow. And they should have a postseason ban for 15 years. I mean, they kind of do. I never be true. Self-imposed. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. they have to use giant cards to get signs to their pitchers and catchers. And they don't even read them properly. It doesn't even work. Like they're all mixed That's up. what fucks me up about that Georgetown series. They should have... Creighton... That's a team that Creighton needs to step on their neck their entire time. Yeah. And that's kind of why, I, again, I go back no, to like... Yeah. I don't feel too terribly about it because mm. you lost two out of three at home to Georgetown. Like, don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, that's bad. So, that was a series that, when that happened, it was like, uh-oh. Because, you know, you weren't going to sleep Seton Hall. Yeah. And like, and then you were like, okay, do you, can you go on the road and sleep Villanova? And I'm thinking, yeah, but is Villanova going to go winless all year? No. Nope. <laughs> so, like, that, you know, if Morgan doesn't blast that one over the wall, that's number one right there. Like, Yeah. So, to me, it all, it all when the Georgetown series got over and, like how badly they played on Saturday and Sunday. Right. Like they didn't lose. I guess Saturday was competitive for about six innings. Right. But from that point on, through nine on Sunday, it was not competitive at all. Like, but it was like they got blown out. I mean, if you took the body language from this past eight games and then juxtaposed it against that Georgetown series, yeah. you'd be like, these are two different teams. That one's a high school team. This one's like a double A, like almost professional team. Which and and again, that happens in baseball too. Like you it go does. through those things, but like. The swoons. You, you, you couldn't. They you timed need, those swoons so improperly. Yeah. 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 They didn't to like that's what I mean. You had to like let Nebraska get one or something like that. No, like, fuck that. No, I'll I'm take. Just, I'll it take. Did that. not matter. You swept Nebraska and you stayed Hell home. Hell yeah. You you swept a limping, wounded Nebraska yeah. team and you stuck like you picked it. on their dead carcass. Like that's oh not even. God. There's not even prestige in it. That's the shit I get because off they to at like night, though. Honest to God. Oh, my God. Like, like I mean, and, and then, I mean, the climax is watching Erstad pull Alta Villa after he pimps a home run and that's says, that was don't the, ever fucking do that again. That was the highlight like, of the season. You fucking, you just hit a home run. Yeah, you guys hardly just, ever score runs. trash, and they're <laughs> yeah. bombing on, on, in a must-win game, and you're like, you pull him. <laughs> really set the tone for the rest of the weekend there. Wow. But, uh, yeah, I just, I don't, f- like, I feel bad because I think this is a really good team that, you know, has potential to get to a super regional. It, it's just like, See, well, but, I, then, but then again, yeah. they had the they had the chances to put themselves in position to do that, right? And they just didn't win the games they needed to win, and they knew they needed to win them too. Like, you know, a that series when you play a series at home is important, right? But also the Seton Hall series, even if you excuse dropping Georgetown as one bad weekend, fine. But you knew how important Seton Hall was, and you did the same thing. You did not hit on Saturday and Sunday at all. 
so those Seton Hall pitchers are pretty fucking. They good. were. They were nails. They were, but Creighton was terrible with runners on base all Saturday True. and Sunday. Just atrocious. Right. Like numbers that like you're like, how could you not do that blindfolded? Right. But you know I, mean, I mean, we see Ryan Tappany do the same thing. We we saw Mitch Reagan do the same thing today. That's what I mean. That's what good when Tappany got Friday, you're like, okay, yeah, Creighton but, can but find a way to get one of the next two. Yeah, but I mean, that's what good pitching does. If they get runners on base, they lock in. I mean, and so that's what those two guys from Seton Hall were able to do. Right. I mean, Shane McCarthy is, I mean, he's hot garbage. I don't know why he's pitching anymore. But, I mean, even think about, like, Saturday when yeah. Matt Leon comes in and he's just throwing cookies and, like, Amodi hit two of them that, yeah. like, you straighten those out and they're four and 30 feet and bouncing. It's like, it's true. You know what I mean? Like, they had him time. That dude was, that dude was not sharp. Like, he was, he was throwing BP. They just weren't, you know, they were going on the other side of the foul pole. Like, it was, that's what the season comes down to. There are just several, like, almosts. I know. In games where like they needed them to be, you know, go the other direction. Right. Like you talk about the bounces and the inches and things like that. Like, yeah, three of them lead against St. John's in the ninth, and it, it evaporates with one, you get one out and they score four. Like, and then the Butler series. Obviously, we can talk about how that didn't happen and it should have in Omaha. Um, you know, Georgetown the basketball cold. Uh, Seton Hall, you had opportunities to steal game two, and you just couldn't straighten out. You know, you just couldn't time those those. Those meaty fastballs a little bit, right? Uh, a little bit better. I mean, it's just it's it's one of those things where like there are so many what ifs in this no. in this entire season of you know in terms of the Big East play goes that right. that that I think Creighton is going to have a hard time getting over. I don't think so. I, I mean, mean, they're going to have so much time to think about it though. The, the conference tournament is going to go on without them. They're going to be thinking about it the whole time that thing's on. Oh, I man. bet you. They, I, I bet you someone might even. I'm going to go on a limb and say someone might even say something stupid on Twitter. Like to the point where Glenn might have to be like, "Don't, don't do that. Take it down." Like, you know what I mean? No, I think like the someone's. Play, gonna I, think the, I think the players know I have that shit covered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they. Have to, they I, I think I've channeled all of that rage and. <laughs> they just want your password for a week. Yeah, we, oh yeah. my god, I'll fucking give it to them. Can I don't give your, a shit. Can we get your account access. Anyone for, who like, follows me on Twitter is like, yeah, it'd probably be a step up for them to just like nonchalantly post. I, I just think that's there. gonna be really frustrating for them to watch that. And no, see, I disagree. I think that adds fire. I think I think there's something because because they are young, and because they this is kind of their first full season together. I mean, there were so many brand new parts that were thrust into it. I yeah, mean, we you, were talking, you do feel like you, there, I mean, you, you can project what's going to happen well, you, lineup wise next year. You talked yeah. to Mitch Reagan and tonight. I mean, and this is the first time that I talked to him all year. He was really impressive. And so I'm like, I feel Holy like shit. I feel like senior leader type deal coming through there. Like right, but I mean, that was like I, I like I wanted to get out of my seat and be like, fuck yeah, let's start the next season right now. Yeah, that's I'm, probably where you need to work on your off season because you can't be like that. Well, I mean, who knows if I'm going to be back next year? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just saying, you can't but, be I mean, rah rah when he's rah rah. But, you but, like, but I mean, when he was saying things like, you know, when he started the season, I mean, he was throwing to impress the coaches, mm-hmm. and then he just started eventually halfway through the season. He's like, I just need to throw my game. Yeah, I mean, he, he needs to really th- throw to throw, and I mean, yeah. you saw it in the statistics. Yeah, you see it right there. It's plain like he's, as day. He's your projected Friday guy I mean, for he, sure. Like, he he took two points off his ERA. I think yeah. in, in the last three weeks of the That's season, crazy. and like. Oh my God! This guy might be like ace material, mm-hmm. like for Creighton. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, I mean, Denson Hall kind of got it together when he when yeah. he when he finds the strike zone. He's tough to pick up. Like when all of a that sudden, delivery is not easy to like. He's got one of those 
Like, it, it's so fluid that it just comes at you and it's there. You know what I mean? Right. If he can get it in the strike zone with, with that low elevation that he likes to play with at the bottom of the zone, yeah, and I mean, it's not going to be easy to hit. And, and coming off the meniscus tear, I mean, he told me at the beginning of the season, he's like, I have no idea if I can actually throw off this leg. Mm. He, and I think that bothered him for the first few weeks. And no then question. I think there was a little bit of a, a mind game that he played with himself where maybe he told himself that he wasn't that good. Maybe it was it was kind of the, the body language that he had. Yeah. And I think Word Camper, you know, the pitching coach, Eric Word, Cameras worked with him on that, and so his last two starts have been fucking phenomenal. Yeah, and so it's like, holy shit, th- this this might be a decent team next year, if not a great team, and this might be just a blip because you have you get Bobby Comitas back, man. Mm-hmm. You get, I mean, old bullpen back. I, 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 I know, Springer, right? I know that everyone loves Gerber. I know everyone loves Dave Gerber as their closer. What are you about to say? Why are you setting this up? But Bobby Comitas, he's got that edge to him. So did Dave, but a little bit. A little bit more with Bobby. <laughs> in terms I, I, of... I, in, ter- in terms of Velo, okay. obviously. Yeah. I mean, he's got more power. Yeah. I mean, Dave was going to finesse the hell out of you. That's what you knew you were getting. I don't think I've seen forever. anybody compete on the mound like Dave, ever. But... Like, he was a psychopath on the mound. It's, so is Bobby, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, did you see his kid's day portrait? <laughs> yeah, for real. No, well, I won't go there yet, but... I see what you're saying. Yeah, like, you, I mean... You have, but the point is, you're making is... It's all together, right? And then you you won't have, and then you get the setup guy and Mitch Boyer back. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you lose Grant Grant Springer in that. You have Jonah Jonah back too. You get Jonah Smith back. You have a great. All of a sudden, you have a dynamite back into the bullpen that's coming back next year, as well as two pretty proven starters. Mm -hmm. They're going to give you good innings Mm -hmm. on the weekends. I mean, who knows who else they're going to throw in? But I mean, then you get you have guys. But it's better than what they started with this year, where you were like. I guess Tappan is the Friday guy. Yeah. And then you look well, at what he did last year and you're like, right. well, that's, you know, I wouldn't call that an answer. I'd call that a question as well. That needs to be answered. And boy, can we, if we can just talk about Ryan Tappany this year, <laughs> Jesus. that dude, I mean, I don't know when it felt like, you know, you know, he, he pitched that St. John's game against Mooney and I was like, and yes. it, it wasn't his best outing. I was kind of like, maybe, you know, the Big East teams have scouted him a little bit and he's not going to be as sharp as he was in non-conference play you know I think and then this is where the season kind of fades a little bit right no he never faded he didn't I, he adjusted he adjusted honestly honestly he, I, that was an incredible uh, one of the most incredible senior seasons I've ever seen because of how improbable it was I kept expecting him to fade yeah I mean every single start I'm like and he would get runners on second and third and like one out and I'm like well I mean this might be a bad they're, they're gonna hit yeah. a, a gap or double and they're gonna make it beginning. I mean and then he would la- strike on the side. I'm like, God damn it. Why can't they be right about you, Ryan? I mean he would it, prove it happened, me wrong. It happened every last night, night too. Like Cal was on yeah. him. Cal was on him last night and he found a way to get into the seventh somehow. I don't know how he did it. It's crazy. <laughs> and he was gassed. I mean he he mm-hmm. had nothing. I mean even Ed you know, said one day less like, one day less rest, yeah. Yeah. Um you know, it just but an incredible senior season from him. Like yeah. One that blew I, away expectations. When I say yeah. come in with no expectations, I had none for Ryan. I mean, you're talking about a guy like Oof. the equivalent of it would have been like okay, no, the equivalent would have been like if Avery Dingman. No, I was gonna say average what Doug averaged like the year right. after Doug left, or or because you had those studs at the in the rotation last year. Yeah, that was a, not a question mark at all. You had guys like Friday, Saturday, Sunday who might go nine, and you might not even need your bullpen like yep. all weekend. And then all three of those guys were gone. And then the back end of the bullpen, which you maybe needed occasionally, was also gone. Yeah. So, like, you had nothing to work with in terms of uh, results. You can be like, well, this guy was 
this last year. Like, Tappany was the only guy that threw anything last year. Right. And he threw minimally. Like, he threw, what, three games, two games? Like, and one of them he got Sheldon and Lincoln. Like, mm-hmm. there was nothing to be like, yep, he's going to turn the corner. So, like, for him to perform the way he did, and, you know, it wouldn't shock me if he won Big East Pitcher of the Year. You, you know, the Big East has been pretty consistent in term, in baseball about, you know, the, the you know the awards going to the teams that have had success. So, it's probably – He's probably handicapped in that regard because they're not going to make the conference tournament. But right. he's he's at worst the second best pitcher in this league. I mean, he certainly performed like it yeah. this year. At yeah. worst, yes. So like, and so for that to happen as unexpectedly as it did, and as consistently as it was, that to me is going to be hard to forget in terms of how just he. Took the Friday roll and never let it go and Ran said, I'm it. the guy. Like the Minnesota, I think the Minnesota start was probably one where I was like, that kid might have something because yeah. like, I felt like that was a series where like the rubber might meet the road there. Like, you know what I mean? This is where it gets real. Right. You know I mean? can, can, like, and last Creighton, year. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, last year, they, I mean, they're getting blown out and it's like, oh shit, they, this is going to be the way this year starts as mm-hmm. well. And then yeah. he was nails. Nails. Every single start. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, well, <laughs> how? I know. Like, it twists your brain up it in a weird not make way. Sense. It did. Because you, you, but watch when you him, talk to him, you can see why. Yes. Right. Talking to him about the whole season, like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like an accident anymore. It doesn't feel like he got dumb luck through for three months. Like, oh, fuck, I know. Um, I mean, he just talking to him, he's very cerebral. Um, about the game itself, not just like pitching, but like the game around him. Right. Um, you know, the stadiums he pitches in, the situations he's in with runners on base, how to work around those things. Um, his mental game is top notch, well, very sharp. Like I think that's probably what helped him not hit a wall at some point because for him to go ninety plus innings this year after what like five maybe right. last year four. That's incredible turnaround. Well, and, and so for him to do that physically takes something really special mentally. Right. And, and I so, think that's like the thing that I credit him the most with because his mental approach to the game was incredible. And right. How cerebral he was. Well, and, it, and it's kind of funny because <clears throat> after the UNO game, uh, Ross Jernstrom uh, did a, a feature piece on Ryan, which was hilarious because all the when the players were like walking through the the hallways. They were like, why are they interviewing Tap? He didn't even pitch today. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean it was it was interesting to just kind of sit back and listen to him because and especially to Ed when he was talking about Ryan, considering that Ryan he goes through scouting reports and he watches film. And you know, Ed was like, Well, I mean, he's an intelligent enough guy where if he watches someone on film, he game plans himself. Mm-hmm. He knows where to throw pitches. Yeah, you know, I, I asked him last night how he how he dealt with Vaughn. Right. And he's like, it was, don't, a, it was a 400 hitter, 20 homer guy. Like, and and Tab, he, he was, doesn't. You don't have to make a mistake for him to hurt you. Yeah. You know and, I mean? and, and Tab was just like, well, I mean, it, it just try to hit hit on the corners. He can swing as hard as he possibly can. And he's yeah. gonna pop it up. I right. mean, he's gonna make weak contact. And he's like, just nibbled at the edges with him. And I'm like, this guy gets it. Mm-hmm. This guy like pitchability, he gets it. Yeah, you know, I mean, compared to last year's staff, where you had talent, talent, talent. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, maybe maybe Albrecht maybe a little bit less talent um, than than the other two, but I mean, Keith Riala. But Albrecht was was a deception guy. Correct. It wasn't a cerebral approach. But he he was was also a lefty as well. Yeah, I mean, which he was a hard guy to pick up. That's what made him effective. He was a soft tossing lefty, right? Which kills the Royals. And Riala was an overpowering guy, and, and Lacey was, you know. Bottom of the zone sinker baller type, like correct. None of them, none of them had the type of cerebral approach that Tappany had. No, they were all fucking morons. 
Okay, I'm, I'm just oh that was a joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, right, I mean, I mean. <laughs> Why would you say that? Uh, go on. <laughs> no, they, they were all intelligent people. They they graduated from Creighton. Oh my god! Um, so just they're, move they're on. Move on with it. Uh, I I didn't mean that. Tappany. Uh, yeah. Go on. But Tappany, I mean, he's an ind- he's intelligent. He's down to earth. I mean, he just he understands the game of yeah. baseball, and I, th- I think that that comes with growing up in in. I mean the environment that he was in. Sure. I mean having a, a father that pitched in the big leagues and and kind of just being around. I mean, maybe he didn't quite grasp the the idea of my dad's a big league pitcher as much as it is. You know, dad just goes out and works. I mean, maybe that was just something that was kind of ingrained to him of this deeper understanding of the game because he he never quite looked at it. I mean, it's hard to look at baseball the same way if your father is a major league pitcher. It, it's it's hard to look at it from our perspectives, mm. the same way that that Tap looks at the game. So I mean, he's a very intelligent, down to earth. I think he's going to have a great career um, in the minors. Maybe someday make a splash in the majors as well. Well, because the thing, he's, he's the thing, that, the thing that will help him, yeah, the thing that will help him is he's going to get inexperienced guys out with that approach. Like right, you know, he's he doesn't have to overpower people, but he'll he'll have a long career because of that approach. Like we've seen that's right. how guys make long extended, you know, careers out of professional baseball is there's gotta be more than the physical tools because the physical tools don't last forever. Correct. And he's got the intangibles through the roof. Like, yeah. I mean look at Bartolo Cruz. Perfect example. I think he had physical tools though. But and he then has he, no intangibles. He's, no, no, no. But what you said, I mean, you can have the physical tools, then you can lose them. I mean, he had steroids and HGH, though. He's got physical tools to the roof. But now look at him. Still physical tools. Like he's, have you seen him compared to what he was as a rookie? He's like twice the human he was. I know. So their physical tools are still there. But different physical tools. Yeah, it's a different physique. <laughs> yeah. But all underneath <laughs> yeah. that is now. That's a horrible example. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? That's a great example. Okay, no, Brian but, Dunsing. That's fair. Oh, there we go. Um, another special uh, guy who's probably played his last uh, game in a Creighton uniform. I mean, I guess tomorrow pending, but um, Michael Lamoti was honored with the seniors before tonight's game because he has graduated. He's been here four years. Um, Glenn hid him from the roster for a year, but I knew he existed. So, um, And year after year, he got better and better. And, you know, he's a legitimate pro prospect, and I don't think he'll be back next year. Um, so he's played probably his last, for all intents and purposes, his last game as a Creighton DJ. What is going to stand out to you about the development of of Amodi and kind of, I mean, it's tough to say legacy because usually that hinges on, like, you know, some kind of postseason run and things like that. Right. But what's, what, what's going to stand out to you as far as the things you'll remember about uh, watching him for four or three years. I think the one moment that I'll never forget is when he hit the walk-off home run against Wichita State. That, like, made him a Creighton Hall of Famer, right? That's, just, that's like, a guarantee. Yeah. When, I mean, you, if when it, you hit a game winner against Wichita State, whether it's in any sport, correct, to beat the Shockers, you're automatically... Yeah, I mean, if if you can get Booker Woodfox up here, I'll buy him a beer. Booker Woodfox, Anthony Tolliver. Yeah. Um, you know, Modi. Anybody who's hit a walk-off, essentially, against Wichita State... There is gets into the Creighton Hall of Fame. Correct. I'm pretty sure that's a foolproof stat. One hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, um, that's what you remember the walk off. Well, I, I mean that's that's the one moment that I'll remember with Emoti. But I mean just seeing him progress, mm-hmm. and I mean we, like I would I would go to a lot of the practices except I mean I was working at the ballpark, 
but I mean to see him working with Rich Wallace. I mean, and Rich was. I mean, he's probably one of the the best catching coaches that exists in college baseball right now. That's pretty strong. Um, because I, I think mean, Rich might even laugh at you if you said that. Well, I mean, it, of of all the drills that he put Emoti through. No, no, he's a great coach for sure. But he he he, he, he deserves did, a lot he, of credit for Michael Emoti's development. Big time, like. Maybe ninety five five. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I think Gantosky came in in the end. And he's like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. How do I not fuck this up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he, I mean, Gantosky managed to make him better, but um, I think I think watching Rich kind of coach him up into what he is now. Yeah. I mean, Gantosky's um, a catcher too. Like, you know, he's yeah. from that mold. So, like, I don't think there was. Yeah, they're very similar it, coaches. Yeah, but in terms yeah. of what Amodi was from the um, start, from the start, well, from which from which first got him to what he when Rich. Moved on to Jacksonville, like oh my god! You're talking about a guy who can't touch a thing versus a pro prospect, legitimately. Correct. You know what I mean, like a top maybe. I would you agree top five rounds? I don't know about five. That's that's pushing it. Top really? ten. Top ten rounds. I'd be surprised. I don't know, man. I I mean, he's such. It's it's. I'd be a, I'd be surprised if he falls beyond ten. Okay. Yeah. But but if I were to floor it, I'd say fifteen. I don't think five. Really? I mean, Nicky Lopez was five. Yeah. And. I don't think, I don't think Amodi's. How often that. do you get a, a power hitting catcher that can hit for, for average? What? Do you? At this level, yeah. All the power hitting catchers hit for average at the college level. That's because they just touch the ball and it flies away. Like they played all these stupid little parks like Hayden Field. Like oh god, Georgetown had like who's that Collins kid for Georgetown? That dude hit like three forty. And everybody's like, oh, my God, he's so good. And it's like, he's, yeah, true. you know yeah. what I mean? Like, catchers rake in this in D1. Right. So, I mean, I think when people see the – what well, I, the, best part, the best part about Modi is his catching ability. Like, was well, defensive tools. Yeah, yeah, I think he's going to be able to call a game just fine, even though he doesn't have to do it at Creighton. I think he's right. I think he'll be able to do that just fine. Um, and the arm behind the plate is – and the reaction time out of the, out of the, out of the crouch, like, well, that's going to be – And that's kind of what I credit to Rich Wallace for is the fact that – I mean, he taught him pitch framing. Yeah, Salvador Perez, who's a major leaguer, does not know how to pitch frame. That's what I think. I think Michael is a major leaguer. Yes, like I think some, he's a major league guy, catcher. Like there are lots of levels of pro baseball. So like when you say a guy's got a chance to be in the pros for a long time, that doesn't necessarily mean the big leagues. I think Michael Lamoti is a big leaguer. Right. Like a long time big leaguer. Well, okay. So I mean, from my perspective, I'm a Royals fan, and I look at a guy like Drew Butera, okay. who's the backup catcher for the Royals. I'm like Michael Modi could take his job right now. Right now, Drew Butera <laughs> can't hit for average, can't hit for power. But I mean, his defensive tools are, I mean, probably on par with Modi's. Yeah, but nobody's gonna give Modi a major league job on this soon. Like he's no, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. But I mean, I, I think his ceiling oh, is think, high okay. enough where okay. he could he could take. Oh, I agree. Yeah, like, but I think, but I not think... be a backup, but be the the guy. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, I think Devin, what's his name? Devin Masakaro? Yeah. He's Masakaro. I'm pretty sure he's the everyday guy for the Mets right now. Correct. That's that's at least one team that he's That's who they got uh, for Harvey, (laughs) isn't it? Yes. That's right. Yeah, that's one one guy that is uh, on shaky ground as far as an everyday guy for sure. Right. So, So, I mean, you look at some of the talent in in the major league ranks and it's like... You just got to find the right organization to fly through for sure. You can see the development. Yeah. So yeah, he's. Uh, I'm I mean, trying what, to think what, what my favorite. Yeah. I mean, the BYU one is the one that was like. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember where I was when he did it. I was sitting outside Exarbon Cinema. I was. I, 
I wish I could remember what movie I was going to go see now because that, that's pissing me off because then I can't remember the whole thing. But I was sitting outside his urban cinema um, and I was just like streaming the game on my phone and when he hit that and I go, Jesus. <laughs> like I know that, that I know that, that they were in like kind of an environment that the ball was going to carry a little bit. Right. But that thing would have been batter's eye at TD. Like he killed that baseball. Yes, he did. Like that had been... Four forty. Oh, easily. Yeah. Right. I mean, he didn't into a. He literally hit into a freaking mountain. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, there's I no. That. That's yeah. not even like exaggeration. <laughs> there's a mountain back there. He drilled that mountain with the baseball. <laughs> he was like, "I'm gonna hit the freaking mountain." Like you talking? What's the? Uh, dang it! I can't remember the movie now. Uncle Rico, though. Is there football over this mountain? Napoleon mm-hmm. Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like Michael Modi literally hit a baseball over a mountain. Yeah. Like that's that's a true story of a legend right there. Yeah. Like when he did that, I was like. I think this kid might have some potential. Right. You know what I mean? If he can just like put it together on an everyday basis or consistently. Well, and the fact that he's a whole... And, he did, yeah. and then that year, <clears throat> I think they went up to St. John's and he crushed one that like the TV camera couldn't find. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Seton Hall. He went up to Seton Hall. Remember Seton Hall last oh year in the God, fog? Yes. And it was like, ting! And then you're just like... It there was a fog, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and then you're just like... And then there's like some bleachers back there, and then you hear it like clink, 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 and you're like, "Geez, he killed that thing too." Yeah. Like when he got barrel contact. Oh my god. Yeah, you better well, hope it's not a line drive because it might kill someone. Well, and it was kind of like the the video from Minnesota, mm-hmm. the swing mic video, which yeah. has a bajillion hits on on Twitter now, mm-hmm. because I mean, all like the the baseball Twitter whatever is like the baseball bros or whatever the fuck those are, mm-hmm. like they picked it up and they reposted it. And everyone's like, "Oh my god!" It disappears and like, <laughs> it does completely. It, it, it like you see the outfielder no, 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 like no, swing like, mic was a different series, but he he cranked one out in, in Minnesota as well. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, god, I can't. Oh, remember. He, he blasted one big time in Minnesota. Yeah, I can't remember what series that was where it was the, the swing swing mic. <laughs> it just disappears into the darkness. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, the scene almost memorable because the outfielders mm-hmm. like the outfielders almost disappeared too. <laughs> And then they got to the wall, and they're, like, looking for it. They couldn't even find where it landed. Like, I'm not even sure. They might have been running in the wrong outfield, for all they know. Like, all they heard was barrel contact, and then the ball was nowhere. Like, <laughs> yeah. just disappeared into the mist. Just obliterated um, it. Yeah. Just he, it's, it's just shattered. Like, yeah. Yeah, he was a – like, he had a special career. There's no question about it. Um, it's just too bad. You know, we keep coming – we're going to come back to this. Like, the season's going to be defined by – because, you know, as the years go on, they're going to – people are going to forget – um, you know, maybe how good this team was, they're just going to see the fact that they didn't make the Big East tournament. That's, right. that's really what's going to hang over this well, this year. You know what I mean? And I think the the cool thing about this team, and I, the, the thing that upsets me is that the fans weren't, they didn't come out to the ballpark quite as much as they have in the Weather past. was a big, like it was it colder was, for a lot longer than normal. It was gore, it's been gorgeous the past two nights. And there's been well, the past few nights there. they haven't had a chance to. They're essentially watching a dead team walking, so Correct. I get it. But at the same time, it. I mean, this is and Ed touched on this a little bit, but this has probably been the most fun baseball team that I've covered so far for Creighton. He said baseball. That to you. He said that's the most fun baseball team you've covered. No, no, no. But I'm. I'm just, hey, man, I'm, Alex. You know this is the most fun baseball team you've ever covered, Alex. God damn it, Alex! Is this <laughs> team a lot of fun to watch? <laughs> I mean, can you believe these kids? <laughs> No, I know what you're saying. Yeah, this, you know, there's there's yeah. there's an electricity to them. I well, mean, from, from like the barking in the dugouts and oh, like I love the barking. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like today, today was really interesting, and I and I think this is where I get what he's talking about because, um, 
you know, we sat behind home plate tonight, and you just look. You can't help but look at the dugout and watch how like they're interacting and their behavior and things like that. Man, I'm telling you, they had every reason not to be engaged tonight. Like they, they, they could have just banged the game for humidity and they'd be like, yeah, I understand. Like you don't want to play. This is pointless. Right. They came up with a ton of energy. Like this was like a huge game. When they won it, they flipped. They ran over the fence like they had just clinched the championship. Like. This team flipped a switch and just, like, had fun playing baseball this weekend, these last two games. Like, right. stress-free, just a ton of fun. And I think there was there was just something cool about watching that because, you guys, like, your season's over. This shit doesn't matter. You're beating Cal, and it's like, they don't care either. And they're just playing ball. Yeah, but this team was just like, we're at the ballpark, and we're in uniform, let's do it. Like, they just, they just played, they had fun. Um, it kind of like it was really pure in how it was yeah. executed. Like it was just like that's baseball right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It did, the Big East titles didn't matter, and some of the regionals didn't matter. Like all that stuff that's like it's just thrown in for to give you a, a goal to achieve. Um, that was just like little league stuff. That's just like being at the ballpark in summer um, with your friends, just having a good time. Like that was kind of cool to watch tonight. Right. I think I'm gonna have a hard time forgetting that game because of how little it mattered, but how seriously they took it and how fun it, they seem to be having. How much fun they seem to be having because they didn't need to be. But also, like the, they could have just been the exact opposite, like sitting in the sitting on the back of the dugout, just like moping, and the seniors didn't have to be like saying anything or smiling, like. Mm-hmm. But they were all engaged, and all the underclassmen wanted to win for them. Like it all just kind of came together. And you know, look at the schedule, and years are gonna go by, and you're like, well, they beat Cal, but who cares? Like. But I think it was really cool to see um, just them having fun, you know, just right. like being a team. And, and I think you and I get to experience something kind of cool this weekend so far, which is we, uh, we got to sit down on the field. I mean, we usually we're sitting up in the yeah. press box. We're sitting, we gave up. We were like, yeah, we're just going to sit down. Well, we're sitting in so, radio booths yeah. the entire fucking right. season. And, she, right. I mean, you're looking at ants basically down there. Yeah, you don't pick up the things you picked up this last two games, for right? Sure. Yeah, and then you understand the communication that they have with one another, mm-hmm. and where there's no, there's no big wide ego that's, and trying to put people down. There's no, there's not a lot of pranks. It's all very positive. They're all yeah. positive with except each other. when Brinkman missed the cutoff guy in game one. Then it was really bad. God damn it! Hit the cutoff man! God damn it, Clark! <laughs> Hit the fucking gun! God damn it! Oh God! <laughs> But they got it together. Play the game. But, but after that, they were much, they were much cleaner and much better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> after Ed lost it that one moment right there, they were okay. Um, <laughs> that was pretty funny though. So, you know, I mean, hell of a season. Weird season. It was. It was a weird season. Bizarre. But I, I don't think. I don't think it's a bad season though. You know what I mean? I think. I think you can probably, as a season ticket holder, probably be disappointed that they didn't have a chance to play for something. You know, a Big East title, a regular season title, a regional. Like, I get that. I understand that. There's disappointment there. The players felt it, for crying out loud. I mean, Ed talked about the pregame mood. There wasn't any music in the clubhouse. There wasn't, there wasn't any chatter. There wasn't any goofing around. Like, everybody was just kind of like they had just come back from a funeral. You know what I mean? Which I think makes it even, like, crazier that they were able to flip a switch and just have fun for nine innings tonight, you know, and just play baseball. Um, that's That's crazy. Uh, considering the mood they were in prior to it, um, but yeah, I I don't think I'll look at this year as a, you know, I think they did some good things like twenty six and six in the non conference. That's impressive. Whether it matters or not, I can debate because it didn't. But that's impressive. You know what I mean? I mean, that's 
you might not do that again. They 20 won. games over 500 in non-conference play, and you have a chance tomorrow to make it 21 games. Like They won 34 games. Yeah. They have a chance to finish 20 games over 500. And they to finish no a year to, and no postseason. That's the crazy part. But I think... Fucking Big East. But I think there's, like, fair criticism for, like, the league and the teams in it and their commitment to baseball that that are factors in that. They're, now, Creighton owns some responsibility for not taking care of their own business. Right. I don't mean to make excuses if that's what it sounds like. No. Creighton had no business losing the home series to Georgetown. None. But, but what we've seen is the nightmare situation that comes with having a four-team conference tournament. Yeah. For a team like Creighton. Yes. Where they get hot at the end. Because Creighton's made it every year. Yes. So you figure the odds eventually you're going to find yourself at number five eventually. You'd think. So they they did. It just happened to be in the year where they're 20 games over 500. And where they were really good. <laughs> last the year they the deserved. Year. Last year they won. They were the one seed at home and they probably didn't deserve to make it. Like, it was, you know, you just think about last year what it was like. It was like when they started 1-11 and you're like, is this team even going to make the conference tournament they're hosting? Like, that was the stressful point, right? Yes. And they, they picked it up and got it together and played for that. You know what I mean? They like they didn't want to be watching Big East teams coming to TD and, and not yeah and not not be there. You know what I mean? Not have a say in the matter. And this um, year there wasn't so much of that. It was just a yeah. lot of head scratchers. Right. It was just like, huh? That's interesting. Yeah. Huh? And it kept that happening. Happened. And then it was like, oh, that's a body of like, that's a body hmm. of work now. Eight and nine is their. They have to sweep Villanova to go eight and nine in league play. And I mean, I mean, I have to admit, there's a small part of me that's like, yeah, Butler's going to lose all three of these games. Just. For for no reason, for no ungodly reason other than it's it's baseball. I didn't. They, I didn't. They fucking. I didn't have faith in Butler winning a game. I had faith in St. John's losing one. Yes, which, which is essentially did. what happened. Like <laughs> Butler wasn't like they didn't just put seven on the board in one crooked inning and have St. John's not be able to put enough together. Like St. John's laid an egg today, right in game one. And so think, that's really. And then we talked about it. Georgetown didn't have any incentive to play a single game all weekend because, frankly. They were in without touching the baseball this weekend, so they said could have just looked outside and it could have been drizzling. They're like, you know what? Uh, yeah. You know that's that's all they needed to do. So I don't blame them. It's part of it got them in the conference tournament. Their season's been extended because of it. So yeah, and there's no reason to benefit Creighton if it hurts you. Exactly. <laughs> like yeah. that's that's <laughs> not really pointless. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, for the you know for the for the purity of the game, we'll go and lose these three. Real they're quick. fucking Jesuits, and they're gonna skimp out on that. Poor sportsmanship. I mean... 15-year band. Fuck Georgetown. That might carry over, don't you think? What? A hatred of Georgetown. Yeah, they replaced Xavier. Who? Georgetown. But, I mean, my point is, like, Creighton might carry over that hatred. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, they replaced Xavier. Oh, okay. I guess. Yeah. You know, Ryland Band I think actually that home run. I think it might actually, like, replace Seton Hall because they've picked on them too much. Oh, poor Seton. Seton Hall is... It's a sad Like, I mean, you think about every time Creighton and Seton Hall meet in the conference tournament, Creighton wins. You know what needs to happen? It's pretty sad. I just thought of this. What needs to happen is that they need to expand the conference games. So they need to add the the two extra series. Or add UConn. No, add the two extra series, but Creighton and Seton Hall have to play every single time. So Creighton has to play Seton Hall twice. Think of the fireworks. Think of the... Well, because every time Creighton and Seton Hall play... Either an umpire dies, a player gets elbowed in the face, <laughs> Mike Amodi hits one into the fog. <laughs> I mean, there's something that happened last year in Seton Hall. I mean, Mike Amodi hitting, you know, the you know, go-ahead home run in mm-hmm. the top of the ninth. But there's something always happens between Seton Hall and Creighton baseball. 
I mean, the intentional walk that went awry. The walk-off intentional walk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's shit like that. See, that's what I'm saying. I just is that, if, if you want to add the drama, put that shit on Fox Sports 1, air all three games, and suddenly you'll, you'll develop a national audience. Because they're watching nothing but the weirdest baseball they'll ever see. This is the part of the podcast where you just say something that doesn't make sense. How, how does that not make sense? I, would, I mean, them play twice, and what, who else plays, though? No, I'm saying... Like, like, you're partnering up teams that have to play each other twice in a correct. season. Correct. Yeah, Saint Saint Hall, Saint John's, and then and then Villanova can play Saint Peter's all they want. <laughs> That's like in, instead yeah. just be like, hey, instead of playing a conference game, this honestly, weekend, like Villanova, you, just go play you, Saint Peter's. When you think game. about like Villanova and Georgetown, though, they're kind of in the same position. Just Georgetown won eight league games this year. Villanova's been that team before. That has they've won like seven close. or eight teams. That they've never, had yeah. good pitching. They've That's never, what I mean. They've never had good bats and they've never had good fielding. That's true. But like, I George, mean, Georgetown was passable. They were passable this year. Not last year. They were four and fourteen last year. Now, if they could figure out if they if they could figure out how to get a catcher who can catch a ball and maybe signal us you know, something to <laughs> pitcher, maybe they can make a. I step. don't remember the stupid little signals when they had Collins. Like he must have no. been different. Well, in in the thing with Butler, I think Butler's going to be a they're going to be a top four team because I think I think yeah I, I think it's that, Shrake, Shrake, whatever his name is Shrake. The the guy the guy from South Dakota State yeah. I mean, I think he's a legitimate good baseball coach. I, I think he's in he's in that kind of same grouping as old I think, guys. I think who Butler's going to re- I think Butler's going to replace Xavier. I think they're going to be good because I think there are a lot of players in the in that that tri state area mm-hmm. that they can pull from. But it's crazy. It's crazy because like I, every year I'm we're going to go into it kind of knowing who the four that should be in the Big East tournament are. Right. And then we're just going to wonder if they can hold off the three slackers. Like, that's essentially what it's going to be about. Exactly. This yeah. year, Creighton couldn't hold off the three slackers. Yeah, they lost them. They lost two or three to one of them and at you, home. That's it, why they're not out. That's why they're not in the tournament. Right. And you have to wonder if Xavier's going to slide. I think they are. Yeah. I, I think mean, he, did you just say that? Yeah. Okay, I think sorry. Butler's going to replace Xavier, is what I said. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. So, like, I think every year... For the foreseeable future, you know, until Blank Meyer retires and things like that, and St. John's has to go through some changes, I think it'll be St. John's, Creighton, Seton Hall, and Butler. Yeah. And if, it's all a matter of if they can hold off the three slackers, then. Yep. That's what I think it's going to be. This year, Creighton couldn't do it. And we've seen it before. Like, Georgetown was in, um, you know, the first year that the Big East tournament was in Omaha. Georgetown made that thing. So They did. Yeah. Xavier was the team that got bounced out. So, like, it's it's been weird before. So, mm. you know. Say, so that was the year Xavier – Miraculously made the regional, and then they got bounced the next year. Georgetown took their spot. Like we've seen this before, it just hasn't happened at Creighton. We haven't had like that reaction to it because it's usually been like, um, what's that Simpsons thing where he's like, ha ha, to someone else, you know? It's like right. it's usually been that Nelson, like, yeah, yeah, Nelson. Now we're being Nelson. Yeah. Yes. In fact, there is Creighton a... is being Nelson for the first time since they joined the league. No, I'm sorry, I have to explain this, but there is an an episode of The Simpsons. Where, See, I knew I could bring you back in with The Simpsons. Yeah, so. where, where Nelson sees a very tall man in a very small car. And he points at him and says, ha ha. And then the very tall man in the small car gets out of his car and he says, are you making fun of me because of my automobile? This is the only one I could afford. And then pulls Nelson's pants down and makes him walk, uh, march through this, the town. And tells everyone in town, this boy that laughed at you, now you can laugh at him. Ha ha! And everyone's laughing at him, and Nelson's like walking down the street, like waving to the people and, and weeping. So that's Creighton. and it's a great bit. Is that Creighton? Then is what you're saying? Right now, yes. Right now, they're the walking through the town but, with the pants down. But do you know what happens in the next episode of The Simpsons? What? 
Nelson's going, ha ha, to everybody else again. So he got his comeuppance once. And he didn't learn his lesson. Of course not. Um, so now you lost me on the analogy. Because is are you saying Creighton's going to still be the team that Sorry, lasts everybody? Sorry, I, I just wanted to talk about the Simpsons. I wanted to talk about the Simpsons. That's fair. So this has been a pretty good season wrap-up podcast. Are you I sure you don't want to explain another hour on very, the Simpsons? I'm sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> thanks, though. Good Any, suggestion. Anytime that you want to talk Simpsons, man, I'm I'm in. I don't. I I mean, you can. I'll stop the recording and you can keep talking about the Simpsons. I gotta go to bed pretty soon. Oh so. yeah, I figured how we turn that idea. Around. <laughs> yeah. uh, like that reverse psychology there. Uh, so uh, thanks for listening all season. I know we haven't done like a ton of them, but um, are we gonna do college world series stuff? Yeah, we'll figure podcasts. It out. I don't know about podcasts. Those those nights get pretty late. We'll figure we'll yeah, figure something true. out though. We will have your we'll 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 have some coverage for the College World Series. We'll have it figured out. We might do podcasts. We don't know, but uh, um, those days get pretty long. If you yeah. if you didn't have enough stamina for to do a podcast tonight, barely you those twelve hour days will get you. And man, we made it an hour and three, almost four. But minutes I had to now. drag you. You're like, ah, I smoked a cigarette. I feel like cool. Yeah, because my lungs suck and I want to go home. That's not true. Okay, I might. Yeah, have I might have put some words in your mouth there, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, but uh-huh. I mean, Matt. I mean, thanks for having me on this season. Yeah. I know. I know it's always you were a, perfect. I'm like I was like we got I got to talk baseball with Alex and record it. I know it's always a roller coaster with with me and anything. But I like roller coasters. And I try to make it as difficult for you as possible. Whenever you get upset, you try to. Yeah, I try to make you oh. agitated and upset during these podcasts. I thought it was just you being you. Correct. I was I was totally comfortable. So I'm naturally like that. I just try to. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm comfortable with it. So I don't agitate you at all? No. Oh. I wouldn't have asked you to be on the podcast if you did. Do you not want to be on the podcast anymore because you don't agitate me? No. Should we get on the podcast? Who? <laughs> We're gonna, so thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks for listening um, to us. And, yeah, we might have a few more uh, – for you when college world series time rolls around certainly not as passionate as this one was tonight and uh um but we're, we're thanks have, for listening all season and we're gonna have some original content for you yeah coming up i mean some some weird stuff some creative stuff some some interesting stuff now that i'm on board so be looking looking out for that maybe. don't have promises you can't keep because i'm not that creative yeah but i got everything in the tank and it needs to come out I feel like you already started that process today. Boy, did I. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week.